Well, good morning. We're continuing our series, Keep It Together. I've been enjoying the little uh, uh, sitcom that we've been watching every week. Uh, my, I, I've been calling it a late 80s, early 90s sitcom. My wife said, no. We decided, we argued about that, that this week, and we decided 1992, okay? Uh, early 1992, that's what, where the sitcom is set. But the whole idea that we're talking about right now is keeping it together because we know there's so many things that strain family relationships, so many things that can pull us apart, so many different things that are a struggle and are unique to our time. And so what we've talked about the last couple of weeks is we said we need to build solid. We need to make sure our life is centered on Jesus Christ. If you if we don't build solid in that way, then then we're kind of competing for attention and saying who is the one that's going to win out? Is it going to be, you know, one one family member who has a need at this moment in time or uh, somebody that wins an argument that is the one that sways the decisions and the culture of the family? Or are all of us going to be centered around Christ and let Christ be the center of what we do? Last week, we talked about building sacred Once we have set Christ at the center of our lives, we build sacred things, holy things, things that are set apart. And we talked about everybody saying, finding four to six things that you can say, these are sacred acts that are part of my life, part of my relationships that ensures that God has space to enter in. I think one great example, this may sound a little self-serving from a pastor, but one great value to build sacred in your life is say that I'm going to make a priority to say every Sunday my family's going to be a part of church because that builds a sacred value into your schedule that like ensures that every week you make space for God to enter. And I think this is an example of practices that people have done over the years to make sure that sacred things are a part of their life. Of course, it's valuable to have, have times and moments where your family gathers around and prays. Uh, it, there's all kinds of different sacred virtues that you can put into your life to make sure that we don't forget about God because that is something that is always pressing on us. And so today we're going to talk about solving calendar. And really, really it kind of goes together with building sacred is once you've set in your life that these are sacred values. These are things that are higher importance than other things. You can start building your calendar. And so here's our thesis statement for today. And if you like to follow along, uh, you can always follow along. We have our Church of the Creek app, and we have little notes in there. You can follow along in there, and this statement is in there uh, for uh, our series today or our discussion today. Since Jesus is at the center, new things become sacred. When we put the sacred into our calendar, otherwise the busy will crowd out the importance. So that's what we're going to talk about today is that we recognize that the tendency is for the busiest things to crowd out the most important things. And that's a problem. If we let just kind of the schedule dictate the culture in our lives or the schedule dictate what's going to, uh, you know, how our family's going to be raised, the values that we have, then that's going to be a mess. 
It's just going to be whatever is the loudest voice, most urgent thing, the next thing coming up. Instead, if we say we, there are sacred things in life, we can build our calendar around the sacred. We can say this is a non-negotiable, this is important, and we'll not let busyness crowd out the sacred things, the important things. So we've been looking in the book of Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3, and I, we want to go there again. It says this, starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is our life, uh, when, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Again, we're looking at this portion of scripture again because it gives a lot of hints as how, how we can manage this. Because uh, I'm sure that all of us struggle with this and it's an ongoing struggle. But right here in this, these verses, it just kind of sets it up. And it says, if your life is really centered on Christ, if you've been raised up with Christ, if you've made that commitment that Christ is at the center of your family, which it says in uh, Colossians 1, Christ keeps all things together. That's the theme of our series. Christ keeps it all together. If you set that at the center of your life and you said there's sacred things that need to be built in, then something changes in the way that you view time. Something changes in the way that you kind of order your schedule and order things. And I think this is where a lot of conflict comes up is the calendar is so busy. You saw in the, the 1992 sitcom, uh, the keep it's how like all of a sudden, you know, there can be a science project. There can be a baseball game. There can be all of these things going on and pull everyone apart. But if you have a different worldview, how you view time also changes. It's interesting right here in this portion of scripture is it says to set your mind on things above. And it says that Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. It's things that we, 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 we know maybe conceptually, but if you stop for a second and look at what's taking place when you say Christ is eternal, God is eternal, God in many ways is outside of time. God is the creator of time. It's a totally different picture. A totally different way of thinking about managing your time or your schedule. If you think about it from the perspective of God, God who's seated at the right hand, God who is there looking at everything and understanding kind of all of creation, all of human history, that it's a different perspective. It's a different worldview. Sometimes I wish I had that worldview. I was able to kind of look at all things at the same time, kind of like able to see it all, the whole picture. It would make things simpler when you're going through little trials or little annoying things in life. If you looked at it and you could see kind of the big picture of where it's all going, that would be so much better, so much easier. But, but it tells us right here to set our minds on things above, start thinking differently. 
So if, you're, if you have a worldview that says that there is a God, a God at the center of my life and a God at the center of all things, time is different. Time changes. See, when, when, when Jesus talked about time, he talked about it in a way that was frustrating to people. Sometimes, you know, they would be pulling at Jesus and saying, Jesus, come here. Jesus, do this. Jesus, do that. We see it when we read through the gospel stories. We see that lots of people have expectations on Jesus's time. They say, Jesus, I think this is what you should be doing. And Jesus, interestingly enough, is not as consumed with the things that other people are consumed with. In fact, in Luke chapter 12, he tells the story of a rich fool. He says that there's a, a rich man who had so much stuff, he built big barns and stored it all up and said, you know what, my life now, I have everything I ever need for the rest of my life, so I'll just, I'll just eat, drink, and be merry. It's kind of, kind of in some ways like the American dream summed up. That's what, that's what people think about. They're like, someday if I have enough stuff that I never have to work again, that is the goal. That's the entire goal in life. But Jesus has a different worldview because he's not just thinking about things here and time here, kind of like, do I get to the retirement date where I have enough money to last me for the rest of the time I have here on earth? Jesus isn't thinking about things in those terms. Jesus is thinking about things in eternity. And he says in Luke chapter 12 that this person is a fool and gives the example that, you know, that that very night his life would be demanded of him or his life would end. What will happen to all of the stuff? What will happen to all of these things? And Jesus sums it up by saying, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. Essentially, it's a worldview that is focused too much on the here and now, the stuff that's going on here instead of things above. Someone who has a worldview that is, that is focused on things above looks at time differently. It's not the amount of time I need to make sure I have all of the money I need that I don't have to work anymore. That's, that's not the time factor. The time factor is this is the amount of time God has given me to be a part of what he's doing in this world that will go on now and into eternity. This is the unique opportunity and moments that I have right here and now to live the life that God created me to live. So as we think about time, I think that what we should do, first of all, is, is recognize that our worldview defines how we think about time and how we use time. A second thing that, that automatically kind of flows from that and moves from that is that if it's, if it's not really in your calendar, is it really sacred? So that's a question that we're going to ask as we're talking about like setting up our calendar in a way that reflects our worldview. Is if it's not really, really in your calendar, is it really something that you value? I don't know about you, but our calendar is really full. Okay, anybody else? Our calendar is really full. What my wife does is 
we have a big like kind of whiteboard and she started writing on it and it started like we didn't even have enough space in the days so we moved to google calendar we're all on a google calendar i'm getting all these notifications but i have google calendar for home i got google calendar for work then i have an outlook calendar for work then i have another one it's like i have no idea what's going on so like here's what i do it's kind of like monday morning i'm like what are we doing today because I can't even keep track of all of it. And what are we doing tomorrow? And like that's where I'm at sometimes in my life. And this week was particularly one of those weeks. But what happened over the course of like this past year is, is my wife and I, we participated in what we call our 401 group at Church at the Creek. And she set some goals and she set this very romantic goal for us. You ready for this? She set the goal. She said we would go on 10 dates before the end of 2022. Now, if you, man, if you want to be really romantic, start setting goals about dates. Wow. What a romantic picture. What a, yeah, absolutely. And, and so, but she said, she said, what is a value of mine is togetherness. What is a value of mine is my relationships. That is a sacred value. And so what's important to me is I'm gonna put it in the calendar because we talk about going out on dates and here's what happens is we say, ah, oh, this week is too busy. We can't do that. And all of a sudden what's happened in our marriage sometimes, we're 21 years in, is there's six months, maybe even a year that passed and we never sat down and went out away from our house and sat face to face and cleared the schedule and just had a day. And that's kind of embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Sometimes six months to maybe even a year passed since we did that because we just were too busy, right? Too busy. Too busy for us to stop everything else and focus just on our relationship and our conversation and nothing else. Too busy for that. That's, it's really embarrassing. It really is. And so I'm so thankful my wife said that is my goal. And I think we're about seven in. We're about seven in from 2022, which is an improvement for us. Some of you are like destroying us. You know what? We're just, we're just beginners, just 21 years in. So we're working on it. By the time we get to our 50th anniversary, maybe we'll be able to do more than, more than 10 a year. But that's what we did because the reality is, is if it doesn't get in the calendar, if it doesn't get on the schedule, it gets pushed off. By the things that are more urgent, the things that are busy. And so what have you done in your life to say this will not get crowded out? Unfortunately, I think if we're honest and we looked at our calendar or our days or our schedule, a lot of times the most insignificant things take priority over the most significant things. Just because we haven't ordered our life in a way that really reflects our values. Maybe we could flip that question around. And we could say, maybe if our calendar is filled with a bunch of other things, and we never do sacred things, holy things, that bring us closer to one another and closer to God, maybe we could flip that around and say, maybe we're not being truly honest about our real values. Maybe we're just saying our values are one thing, but we're not really living them out. And so what I would challenge you is I'd say, okay, moving past just the conceptual sacred things to start saying, 
I am going to build my calendar. I'm going to put things in my calendar that are sacred, unmovable, uh, will, not, will not change because these are a priority. I'm setting my mind on things above, sacred things, and making sure that that doesn't get crowded out by anything else. And so our worldview defines how we view time. And if it's not in your calendar, it's probably not really that sacred to you. If it's just something that happens by chance, it's probably not that sacred to you. And the third thing is I would say, put sacred things in your calendar first. Put sacred things in your calendar first. There's an illustration that has been used many, many times, and I think it originates from Stephen Covey. And, and we've been doing this series, this Keep It Together series, based on a series from 12 Stone Church that is uh, a church that puts out different things and lets us uh, puts on sitcoms and stuff like that so we can show some of those things. So the pastor of 12 Stone Church, Kevin Myers, has a great little illustration and illustrates this very well. So I want to show this to you. Something that you may have seen this illustration before, but I think something that is incredibly valued if you take it to heart. So watch this video right here. And so these canisters represent time. Everybody has the same amount of time, 24 hours in the day, seven days in a week, X number of days a month. We all have the same amount of time. And we have things that, that come into our time. And so how you fill the time really matters. For example, the sand represents just the lesser things, the lesser things in life that just come at you and, and, and they end up pouring into your life and they can consume you and they can take over. Lesser things are things like the emails that just don't have to get done, but, but you spend time, it's like managing paper and shuffling paper. It's like the, the social media pings that come in, it's getting lost online and in YouTube or on Netflix, so to speak. It's, it, it's just the things that, that they just keep coming. Really, if you're honest about it, what they mostly are is time wasters. But if you let your life get distracted and begin with time wasters, it's costly and consuming. Then there are the little stones, and everybody has them. The little stones are the little things. The little things that, well, they, they kind of need to get done, but the cost of not doing them isn't great. It, there's a small consequence. It's not a massive consequence. And, and so everybody has them. They come into your life, but if you give them the center of your attention first, well, it just fills up your time. And then you get to the big rocks. And when Covey was talking about this, he said, these are the things that are most important. You might just start to feel and say, oh, my work. Oh, that's like, I got work and I, I got, in fact, it's, it's not unlike the sacred list that, that, that Paul made. You got career things and every day it makes demands of you. And then along with your career things, you, you, gotta, you gotta get done some family things and some, some marriage things. And as you, as you spill those in, you, you start realizing, oh my goodness, I, I can't get all the sacred big rocks in. I, I listen, I'm so busy. It's crowding out the important. Now there's another way to do life. This is what blew my mind. I'm like, I get this life? There's another way to do life. Put first things first. Put your sacred in your calendar first. So you might take things like the sacred list you made, beginning with the eternity, and say, you know, worship of God, that's huge priority. So we just take our monthly calendar every seven days on Sunday. We set that time aside because 
we're committed to the Lord. We have time for worship and prayer, and we, we get into the Word of God, and then our, our, our marriage is, is a priority, and so we make time for, for date night, and then we have a, a, a family night, and then we, we make time for our kids, and, and we start pouring into to critical times ahead, and we schedule those. And we say, oh yeah, that's going to be important. I, gotta, I have time for that, and, and, and I've got to have time for parenting, and, and i gotta, I, I got to have time for my career, and I, I got and you just get through this, and for us, things like togetherness and authenticity and redemption, and, and they, they just, and you put those in first, and he says, if you put those in first, in other words, you calendar sacred things, the truth of the matter is, little things still are a part of your life, so those, those come along and those pour in, but they start to fill in, and the little things start to fill in, you say, you know what, if I take my life off a little bit, oh, those, those things fill in, and there's, there's curiously a surprising amount of time for the little things, but I got all the big things and the sacred things, and then the truth of the matter is like a sandstorm, Oh, just the, the lesser things come at your life. But as they come at your life, you just make sure that they fit around everything and they have a place and, and they fit in. They just fit in around everything else. And curiously, when you're all done, huh, it all fits. In our life, if we don't prioritize the sacred things, if we let the lesser things crowd out the sacred things, you'll never get time enough. The reality is, as human beings, we all have the same amount of time in our day. But we have a decision to make is how we will use that time. So what can we do? Here's my recommendation to all of us as far as our family relationships, as far as those key things, making sure we prioritize our relationship with God and our relationship with others. What I would say is first thing you can do is you can plan together. You can plan and start this conversation together because I think it's something that is so hard and difficult and our world has so many different pressures on us that it's something that probably will take time to sort out. But you can sit down with your loved ones and say, what are the most important things that hold this thing together? First of all, it's, that conversation should start with God, right? God is the one that holds all things together. God is the center of all things, the creator of all things, the one that we've put our trust in and the one that all things go around. So we put our minds on things above, not on earthly things first. That's a big rock. That's a big thing. And we say, okay, if that's a priority, then we, we, we schedule that first. We work on that. And then, of course, our relationships are a priority. Of course, of course, there's careers. Of course, there's other things that we have. These are priorities in life. And we're going to make sure that we set those things first, schedule those things first. And we're going to agree that these are our values. These are most important. And then other things we plan around. And if there's, yeah, we can fit some things in, but there's times that maybe we have to say no to some of those other things. Because if those things go in first, it could crowd out the, the most important. How sad would that be? Your life might be as pathetic as my marriage of uh, not going on dates, okay? All right, you don't want that, but we're working on it, all right? We're working on it, so pray for me, okay? So plan together. 
Talk about it together. Manage it together. Have that conversation instead. Have the conversation in advance instead of having that conversation, which we're going to get to next week, with you have to solve all these conflicts because everybody's mad because nothing's working out. Have the conversation in advance. And then it will solve 50% of your conflict because you've already said this is at the center. This is what's sacred. This is what our calendar is about because these things are sacred. Most, a lot of the conflict is already gone then. A lot of it is. Plan that together and plan around it. And the second thing I'd say is pray together. Prayer is this incredibly powerful thing that what it is doing is it's an act of saying, God, I'm inviting you into the conversation. That's a sacred act. And can you imagine that there's so many times in our life that we can say and I could say, that, you know what? I went through a season where I was too busy to pray. I was too busy to pray. I was too busy to allow God to be a part of the conversation. I was too busy to, to ask God for help. I was too busy to go to my creator and build that relationship. I was too busy for all of that because God, I had a bunch of emails to respond to. So many emails to respond to you don't understand. Talk about misplaced priorities, right? The reality is, is Plan it together, pray about it together, and allow God to enter into the conversation. Allow space for God to be a part of your life and a part of your relationships. This is a huge challenge for all of us. I have to admit that this is a really big challenge for me right now in this season of life. I knew it was coming. I knew it would happen. And so this summer, I was a little bit in denial. I uh, took a, a job as a high school Bible teacher at Faith Christian Academy. I started at the beginning of August and I knew it was coming. So the month of July, I, I played more golf than I had in the, in, in the previous uh, couple of years because I was like, my life is going to be a mess. I'm playing golf right now. So uh, that's, that's what I did. I don't know if that was a healthy thing, but I got it out of my system. And so uh, now I, now I, I can't do that anymore, but, but my schedule has been incredibly busy as I took on this new role. I was hoping kind of for a part-time job at, at Faith Christian, but they offered me a full-time teaching job, uh, and so that's what I'm in. I had my first full week of school this past week. I got done on Friday, and I was like, whew, I survived the week, and then there was a, the, the moment I kind of like had that deep breath as all the kids left the room. Uh, as I finished my first week of teaching high school students, as they walked out, I was like, and then about five seconds later, I was like, oh, I got to do it again next week. And that's what I was thinking in my mind. It's an incredible joy. It's a wonderful opportunity. I'm very excited about it. But it's busy, right? Just as you have things like this in your life. You have things like this in your life where it's really, really busy and it's really hard. And there's something that I did a few weeks ago as I entered into this. Not only did I golf, and I did golf a little bit, uh, but I went and I took some time and I prayed and I said, God, how, I don't know how I'm going to do this. This is going to be pretty busy. So I don't know what I'm going to do. And I don't want to come home every night and be miserable with my family and just ignore my family because that's a big rock, Right? That's a big rock in my life. And I think this is what happens sometimes is we get consumed with this project at work. 
This is kind of a, a guy thing, but anybody can fall into this, but a guy thing where we're consumed into this project at work that is so all important and supporting the family. And this is my career and this is a big deal. And then we come home and we have zero energy left for anybody else. And I was like, God, I can't do that. Because you know what? If I, even if I'm around and I have zero energy for my family, something is missing. And so I, I said to myself, God, this is going to be hard and it's going to be a challenge. But I need to figure out some way to manage this and be able to leave some energy, not just for high school kids that I don't, you know, at, at the high school that I'm at, but leave some energy for my family. I can't walk in and all of the effort, talent, and abilities. I gave it to everybody else and I forgot to give it to my family. And so I said, I got to figure it out. So here's where I'm at right now is I'm a morning person. I had to say my alarm is going off early and I'm getting some church work done before I go into work and I'm going and I'm hustling at work and I'm focusing and I can't like, can't, can't diddle, diddly, diddle, I don't even know the term, around. But when I, when it's 3.30, I'm walking out that door because that's the end of my official work day. At 3.30, I said, I have to be out that door and I have to be ready. And that's just what I had to do. In order, If I don't do that, it's going to bleed into 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and I'll, I'll drag in at home, eat a little dinner and say goodnight to everybody and have no energy, no engagement with my family. So I said, I have to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it. God help me. And so I've... I've said, that's, that's my rule. And I've hustled home and I've been able to make some volleyball games and cross country meets and hang out and have dinner with the family. And it's not perfect and it's hard, right? Got it. But it's a commitment to say, I can't give all of my best to everybody else and forget about my family. I can't do that. I have to leave some energy, talent and ability and, and vitality for my family as well. I have to. Because it's that important. So this is the struggle that we all have and all have to deal with. This is the modern world that we live in. But the question really is, is are you going to let the busy things crowd out the sacred things, the valuable things, the gifts that God gave you? And are you going to look back at your life in 20 years has passed and you just you built a career, but you forgot about the people around you? And so God has to work in us on this one to plan these things out together to pray together and for us to all commit these verses to our heart and to our memory and to our application that we're going to set our eyes on things above christ is the center he's the one that holds all things together the sacred things are going to come first and my calendar is going to be built around what is sacred not what is urgent so let's practice for a moment before we go. Let's practice pausing, opening our hearts, letting God enter in and speak to us, letting sacred moments exist in our lives and not letting anything else crowd those things out. What I want you to do is I'm going to read Psalm 121, which is a psalm that we're looking to God for help and support. But it's also something that like is us opening our heart to God's voice. If you're here with a family member, this is, this is not really kind of my style, but 
we're going to do it. If, if you're here with a close family member, here's what I'd ask you to do. You can read along if you want, but I'd just ask you, hold the hands of the family member next to you and just pray this prayer. Pray this prayer. Say, God, let holy things pervade my relationships. God, let sacred things be a part of my life right now. If you're, if you're not with a family member or loved one today, think about that person as we're reading these words. Think about them and pray for them in these moments. Will you do that with me right now? God, we lift our eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over, over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. God, I pray that we would trust that you would watch over all of our activities, our coming, our going. All of the things that we do in our home, that you would be the one that holds all of us together. That the sacred things would be at the center of our families, our relationships, our lives. And so God, as we struggle through with the busyness of life, I pray that you would give us grace. You'd give us the support that we need to make sure that the, the big things get into our calendar. The sacred things, the holy things, the things that will draw us to you. So God, in these moments, give us guidance, give us peace, we pray. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.